we hear that a lot. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. But like, what does that mean? You know, what does that actually mean? Is it just all of us saying we're not alone and, you know, we're all sad together? It's like, no, I think when we share our experiences, we share our memories, we share stuff that's gone sideways when people can relate with that. I think it pulls us a lot closer together. What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Trevor Talks. I'm your host, Trevor Tyson, and I am beyond stoked that you're here with us today. Today's conversation is brought to you by Life Audio, so special thank you to them for helping us keep this show afloat and growing on a weekly basis. It's still super shocking to me that people listen to this, so I'm just grateful that you're all here with us week after week and supporting the show. So special thank you to each and every single person that tunes in and Life Audio for keeping this thing rolling. Today's guest is the frontman for the rising metalcore band, Archetypes Collide. They have a huge new self-titled record coming on March 31st, and I am just stoked to have them here with us today. You can catch them on tour this summer with Beartooth, Trivium, Malevolence, and more on the Knotfest Roadshow. He ain't a pastor, but it is in his name. Please help me welcome Kyle Pastor. Kyle, welcome to the show, man. What is up? Thank you for having me, man. I'm stoked to be on this. Dude, of course. And you know what? I had that written before our conversation just now. He's not a pastor, but welcome to the show. Um, (laughs) I kind of stand corrected. You're a music director. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, I run uh, at at my church. I I do music directing. So I help put together sets and uh, um, all the arrangements with songs, stuff like that. It's in my blood. It's what I grew up doing, being involved with music at my church and stuff. So I think that's what's kind of led me to this point with the band as well is just uh it's in my veins it's in my it's in my dna to just play music and sing and um i enjoy it i love it it's hilarious because i guess when this episode airs it'll be have been two or three weeks ago uh we had hillsong united on the show which was a huge thing for me as growing up in the church like having the like christian worship band i guess you would say on the show and now being able to go full circle and like i'm a huge metalcore freak myself so now getting to have you on to represent archetypes collide is just a whole i don't know i think it's amazing so thanks for being here cool yeah, there's a lot, a lot of cool people that inter, intermingle through this whole rock scene. And uh, we were talking about some friends that we knew that are also involved in it and stuff like that. So a lot of crossover. It's cool to see. Dude, 100%. Shout out to Zach and Jesse Yoshioko. We love them so much. <laughs> and dude, I've been looking forward to connecting just particularly about the music, but then just hearing your voice and hearing the lyrics that you guys have been, been putting together. It's it's a message of hope. It's a message of encouragement. And there's a lot of just, there's a lot of hurt in the world right now. So I guess what I want to lead in with is archetypes collide. Where did this come from? What is the overall message of the band and what are you hoping to communicate with people in this season? Yeah. So, um, especially with, with some of the later songs we've been putting out lately, um, I've always had a style lyrically of writing stuff that feels real, you know, that's real to me. I, um, we have a couple songs. We just released a new one called Parasite um, that we actually wrote. Um, me and Jared, our guitarist, we actually wrote some lyrics that he had. Um, he had a situation that he grew up with, and we actually dove into that. And so it's almost me getting to tell a story, which was a really cool experience to write lyrically that way, where it wasn't necessarily my experience, but it was 
taking from someone else in the band and, and giving that platform to go there. Um, but yeah, a lot of our songs, I, I think there's a, uh, there's a lot of value in just being vulnerable. And, uh, even though like I'm a pretty smiley, happy go lucky, I'm always joking, never taking anything too serious. Like that's just my persona. That's how I've always lived my life. I avoid conflict. I just like, let's all be friends. Let's chill. Right. Um, but with that, there does come a lot of inner dialogue of, of processing through emotions that I don't want people to see. Cause you know, I don't want anyone else to carry that burden. Um, and also, you know, the, the uh, mental emotional side of things where, you know, I'm trying to keep my head on straight so that I don't screw everyone else's lives apart, you know, screw that up. So, um, yeah, a lot of the songs you'll see those kind of themes of me just processing it. And I think for me, it's therapeutic, you know, in the writing process to be able to put that to paper and, to vocalize it, um, stuff like that. I mean, I know I have friends and family that sometimes will be like, man, like you got some really good songs, but man, that's some heavy stuff. You good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like I probably, you know, like, but that's just, I want to write what's real. I want to write what's, what's, um, honest, uh, from my perspective. And I feel like that goes a long way versus just trying to, you know, write something that's not real to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, in music nowadays, there's a lot of messages going out that aren't as genuine or close to home for the artists themselves. And that's definitely not the case with Archetypes Collide. With this yeah. new self-title that you have coming out, what's the overall theme that you're going for? What do you want people to walk away from this record just remembering? Like, is there a specific piece of this that you're just like, man, if they take anything out of this whole experience of listening to the record, I want it to be this. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of hit on it before. I, I think there's this, uh, there's this solidarity. There's this growth that happens when we, when we're uncomfortable with ourselves, mm -hmm. there's this uh, ability for people to connect when we go to places that we don't want to go. Um, whether that be talking about issues in life or, you know, for me putting those thoughts to paper and singing about it, um, whether it be, you know, with a close friend and being like, Hey, you know what? Like we're cool, but I've got this thing going on and it's kicking my, ass. like we have all these things that, um, until we lean into that discomfort, it, it doesn't really benefit us. It doesn't benefit us if we don't open these things up to other people. And so I think lyrically with the album, of course, I mean, it dives into a lot of, a lot of scenarios. Um, there's one song at the end of the album, um, that I wrote it, um, another one essentially from like my father's perspective um, about my grandfather. It was his dad that had passed away from Alzheimer's and uh, just diving into that. I mean, multiple times, like writing that, listening to it back, like I'm pretty soft. Like I get choked up. Like it's just, it's, it's tough, but I know that there's so many people that need to hear that message of like, Hey, you know, not just the simple fact of like, you're not alone. We hear that a lot. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. But like, what does that mean? You know, what does that actually mean? Is it just all of us saying we're not alone and, you know, we're all sat together. It's like, no, I think when we share our experiences, we share our memories, we share stuff that's gone sideways when people can relate with that. I think it pulls us a lot closer together. So, yeah, I think this whole album lyrically definitely pushes people in that direction of, hey, Oh, wow. Another person that feels the exact same I do about this situation. Like, Hey, that's cool. You know, like there's something to that. Um, 
as far as like musically with the band, um, our name archetypes collide is, um, essentially the idea of what we do is combining different genre archetypes and trying to bring different influences from whether it be country or pop music or, um, even folk. I mean, there's so many different styles that we bring into it and how do we mesh that into the rock metal genre? And so, uh, you'll see a huge span of styles over this album, which we're super excited about because, I feel like every song feels like it could be a single because they're all just heaters, but they're also like, Hey, we, you know, we wrote a song that was, you know, pretty much just a shredder, like all screaming. It goes off. We wrote another song that's straight pop. Like could be a chain smokers, Justin Bieber anthem. Like it, we've just got, there's so much diversity to what we do. And I think that's something that we really wanted to lean into to kind of separate ourselves from the pack and be like, Hey, like, we love rock and metal, but we also love bringing in all these other influences that we have growing up into what we do. And like, that's the joy of songwriting that I love so much, um, being able to, to reinvent the wheel a little bit with that. So we're, yeah. we're excited about it all. It's going to be sick. And you're doing a great job with it. It definitely hits home for me. And one of the songs in particular that I really wanted to dive into just because I kid you not, I've listened to it probably eight times today alone. It's What If I Fall. And the music video alone is enough to choke you up. Like, let's be honest, you can listen to it on mute and you're still going to get emotional about it. So (laughs) that's super well done. So obviously it's communicating the message, but the lyrical content, the emotion that you brought into it, and then your voice is just, you can't really describe it. It's, it's raspy and caring, but also wholesome. So all of those things just click super well together, but I want to dive into the nuts and bolts behind the song. What if I fall? Yeah. So, um, that song actually started, um, I was, where was it? So I had, it was the middle of the night and my wife had already gone to bed and I was sitting there on my phone kind of just, I don't know, my brain just goes places sometimes. And I was just humming some stuff and I, I hummed this melody that just like, I was like, Oh, this feels like it could be a really big anthem kind of thing so i grabbed my guitar real quick and i just strummed a couple progressions and i started kind of being like you know and like kind of started i hummed that chorus melody and i was like that feels like something huge like it feels like a huge chorus that i could see like just i envisioned just the live show of big you know big crowd just how anthemic that would feel and uh, I was like, all right, just voice memo, write that down. <laughs> you know, it just saved it. And it wasn't until we were in the studio that I was like, hey, you know, all right, we finished up a song. We're like, hey, what do we want to do next? And I'm like, hey, I've got this memo of this chorus. Um, and I have kind of the lyrics that I was thinking. And from there, we just built it out. Um, lyrically for that song, it dives into this whole idea of um, I'm in a place where I'm pretty stable. You know, I have, I have a wife, I have two kiddos, um, Lila, Annie, they're one and three years old. And like my whole family is my world. Like I've got, I've got things really good. Right. And so this band, um, we've been kind of just going at it for a while. We started playing shows 2016 and it wasn't until 2020, 2021, where we started getting attention. We brought on management. We signed a deal with fearless records. Now we're recording a full length album. We've done two tours now last year that were all across the nation, like big deal. Right. And so this song was written before we went out on our first tour with Andy affliction, um, early last year. 
and uh, like December. And so my mindset was like, hey, I've got a lot of good things going for me right now. And like there's this internal fear of like, what if this jump for the band completely wrecks everything I've done in my life? What if it ruins my relationships? What if it, you know, tanks my income? Well, we can answer that one. Uh, being in a band is not very cost efficient most of the time. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like, how am I going to make this happen? I'm not going to be around my family. Um, I had to go to the studio to record like two, three weeks after my, my second child was born. Like, it was like there was some heavy stuff that I was processing through. And like, you start this like creeping of like doubt even in like the highs of like, wow, I've got so many awesome things going on for me, but yet I feel this, there's got to, something's got to give, something's got to give. Like, this can't be that good. This can't be that good. There's got to be something coming that's going to knock me off my feet and just screw it all up. And I think that anxiety of, of that is what really pushed the lyrics of what if I fall, Mm -hmm. um, the lyrics, I mean, there's so many, there's so many lines that, that I really resonate with, whether it's the, you know, head, like the pre-course or the, the breakdown of my head's in the clouds. It's a long way down. And it's like, Hey, I'm at this mountaintop of like, Hey, we're playing huge shows. We did huge festivals last year. And I'm like, man, we're like doing things. And yet it's a huge fall. If we screw this up, like it's going to be devastating if we don't, you know, if, if something happens. So just the anxiety of it all, even in the really good of like pushing back on you and be like, well, what if something happens? You know, I'm always anti-conflict trying to think of what could go wrong, what could go wrong, what could go wrong. And uh, I think that's where that song really developed out of. Um, But, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's cool to see. I mean, so many cool things that we've done as a band over the past year. And I, I was joking that like, you know, five, six years ago, a lot of the stuff, the situation we're in, we would just joke about it and be like, that. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're going to sign to this label and we're going to do this and we're going to be, you know, Warp Tour was always the joke or stuff like that. Like, we would always joke about that. And it's like now we're doing festivals that are way bigger than that. And we're doing these tours with bands that, like, you know, we kind of want to say grew up on. But, like, there's a lot of bands that, like, we're like, hey, these are the guys that were doing it when we were just, you know, freaking peeing in our diapers, like, <laughs> trying to, like... <laughs> metaphorically you know like like it's just cool to see we're starting to brush shoulders with all these people that you know we looked up to and have influenced us in our music you know growing up um and it's cool to be able to start you know rubbing shoulders and like hey we can hold our own tune like we we can we can get this just as well as these people can like let's go for it you know so yeah i think that was definitely uh what if i fall just kind of encapsulated that internal anxiety of just screwing it all up even in the biggest highs, even in the biggest moments thinking, Oh, you know what? I'm only one step away from screwing this all up. You know, that kind of anxiety. So, um, yeah, it's a powerful song. I love it. I love how it turned out. Every single part is just like money to me. I love it. And, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's my favorite song right now. So like it's, it's an anthem for sure. It'll stick in your head. And if you haven't heard it, pause this, go listen to it and then come back. (laughs) If you don't come back, uh, I'll find you. But there are so many things on the horizon for Archetypes Collide. You've got a, just so many big opportunities coming. The Knotfest Roadshow, that's yeah. a dream tour for a ton of people. And there's more of these on the horizon for the band. How are yeah. you developing in and like combating the emotions that come with this? You touched on it a little bit in um, the process of writing What If I Fall, but... 
when you're working with bands like Beartooth and with these big management companies with Fearless Records, you have so many emotions that you have to overcome. Like, okay, we want to be on these big stages, but getting on those big stages caused me anxiety. And when yeah. I get off the, like, you have that rise of being on stage in front of thousands of people. And then instantly when you get off all those, that adrenaline is just gone and it leaves yeah. you feeling a little bit empty. So yeah. how have you been personally like going through the motions with that? And how could you like pass what you've been doing on with other people that may have that yeah. same emotion with their everyday life? I think honestly, the biggest thing for this band and for us is that we have a really good chemistry. Um, the five of us, um, Jared, Brandon, they both play electric guitar. Tyler plays drums. Kai plays bass. Um, four out of five of us have been playing together since 2016. So we're like almost seven years into this, which seems absurd because just it's taken so long to kind of get to this point. But um, it's a cool testament to like, hey, you know, just keep pushing. You'll get there. Right. Um, and then Kai, we brought on in 2019. So there's I think that's our strongest thing as a band right now that's gotten us to where we are is we have this really, really good chemistry with each other where like we have a network, like we have people when we're on the road and like things get sideways or stuff happens, like we can genuinely rely on each other versus, you know, I don't know other situation. Like, and we all live close to each other. So like we like hang out outside of like music, like, you know, like we enjoy each other, like being around each other. And so I think that's been the biggest thing for me is having a network of people. Um, I know when I'm isolated, when I'm by myself, like, I am not a good person. Like I don't contribute to society. Like it's just, I just get selfish. I do my own things and I just kind of downward spiral into like, I don't know. It's just not, it's not good, you know? And so, um, whether it's like back at home with my community and my friends and family, or, you know, back in my church where I'm helping out with music or stuff like that. Like I have these networks of people that I depend on, 100% to keep me level headed. And so even in a band, you know, we ha have the four other dudes in the band and our management, Tom and Ashi, like they're huge. They they're there for us as well. Um, the people at fearless have been, I mean, they're just, it's so cool to see how many good people there are in this, in this scene. Cause you would think everyone's just cutthroat and like, you know, a POS just like terrible with whatever. And it's like, no, like these people genuinely got to this point because they have good work ethic and they care about people and people feel that. And those are the people that you want to hang out with. And no wonder they built this massive following, you know, as a label or whatever, because people want to be a part of that. It feels like something bigger. And they've established that culture of like, hey, like we genuinely care about you guys. And we feel that we felt it from day one. So um, for other people that, you know, are, are kind of dealing with those anxieties of like, you know, you have the big high and then after the show it drops off or, you know, even in life you say you get a, you get a raise at a job and then you're like, okay, a week later you're like, well, you know, I'm still tired after work. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm going to go home and I'm going to argue with, you know, family or whatever, like stuff gets sideways. But, um, I think the biggest thing for me and if anyone could, you know, hear that is you've got to surround yourself with people that, you know, one care about you. And I know it's hard to find that sometimes. Um, a lot of people they'll find it, you know, just gaming online, they'll find good friends that they can hang out with, or, you know, the internet's great. You can find so many awesome people through that, but, um, you know, just finding good communities of people that will, that you want to be like, 
you know, if you surround it sounds like a mom and dad. It sounds like my dad telling me like surround yourself with the right people, whatever. <laughs> but like genuinely, if you surround yourself with the people that you look up to and you want to be there in five years or whatever, it, it just happens. Like it's not rocket science. It really, I mean, like you can set yourself up, you know, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be jamming in the music industry and you want to be in a band on tour and, you know, signed by a label and have management and all that stuff. All you have to do is just start surrounding yourself with those kind of people and you got to find them. Yeah. But you start surrounding yourself by those types of people and things just happen. They really does. You have a good work ethic. You surround yourself with the right people and it really does take you to some really cool places. So um, whether that's in a job or music or just emotionally, mentally, you surround yourself with people that make you the best version of yourself you can't lose. You can't lose with that. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me, especially on tour, on the road, away from family, having that network of people. Um, you can't replace that. You really can't. So No, you can't replace that. And community, mentorship, all of these things are so crucial to your development in life. Like yeah. you're saying, when you surround yourself with people that are doing the things that you aspire to do, it just starts kind of falling into place and it's encouraging to hear your story of being able to find that solace in the people that genuinely love you and care about you. And you hit it on this as well. Like the music industry can be a very cutthroat place, but there yeah. are great people really within are. it. Yeah. And it's encouraging to hear that, especially from you, man. And I'm really curious, like when did songwriting and music become such a big thing for you? Um, and what was your childhood like? What what helped to build Kyle Pastor into the man he is today? Yeah, so um, I'll try to keep it short. That way I'm not long-winded on this because it starts, you know, when I was young, my mom used to have me, you know, grab the cassette, plug it in at church, and I'd stand up there with a microphone on stage and sing a terrible solo to all the old ladies. They loved it. Um, <laughs> so I used to do that as a kid all the time. Um, you know what's wild is I actually didn't start playing like in a band music, whether it was at my church or, you know, outside of that, it wasn't until, I mean, unless you want to count like me playing trombone and jazz band in junior high or my freshman year of high school, but outside of that, we'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. Like I didn't do choir, nothing like that until I hit college. Um, super late bloomer on that. Like I, in college, I was doing a degree in engineering and by my third semester, I hit calculus and it, uh, it completely ruined me. <laughs> and I was like, maybe this isn't it. And uh, at the time that semester, my mom convinced me to join the choir at the, at the community college. So I did, I was like, ah, sure. What the heck? Like, I know I can sing like, you know, decent. I wasn't like a great singer. Um, but I tried out and I was able to get like a vocal scholarship where I did private lessons and I was doing some vocal recitals of like, like Broadway songs. And I was doing like the classical stuff. So I've got a pretty mean vibrato if I want to like, um, you know, the whole <laughs> opera, maybe one day we'll see. We'll see if we can fit that on one of our songs one day. We'll collide that archetype. Um, <laughs> but, I'll be waiting for that one. But it wasn't until college. It really wasn't. Um, I was involved. I had some friends that played at a, uh, a college group for this church over at ASU in Tempe, um, Arizona. And, uh, I got involved with them and they, they found out that I played acoustic and they're like, Hey, you should lead. I was like, uh, I guess. And that's where I got a lot of reps, you know, being in front of people, singing with people, encouraging people, um, through song. Um, a lot of people always mention after shows, like, 
dude, you always look so happy on stage. And I'm like, and we're singing like heavy, like we're screaming. There's some angry songs. There's some emotional songs. And yet through that all, I'm still just in this weird headspace of like, I just, I just love it so much and being with people and seeing their faces. And, and we're starting to see more and more people singing our songs. And like that, just like, I just can't, I just smile so much. So like, maybe it's a good problem, but I need to, I need to work on my metal face and like be more angry. My mom tells me to smile more for our photos, but um, (laughs) thanks mom. Yeah. But like, that's just something in the, in my college years that I developed a ton and uh, I eventually uh, it bridged into just meeting with some friends that played that style of music and like we came as Romans and Pierce the Veil and this was like 2011, 2012, a day to remember. We started going to those shows and that's where I was like, oh, like this is really cool. Like I was late to the game. Like um, I, I didn't even start listening to like Under Oath like old school like 2007 2008 under oath like until probably like 2016 and i was like yo where has this been my whole life and like i was backwards i was listening to all these bands that were influenced by them and then i go back and i see the source and i'm like yo like this is huge like and so i kind of had a backward uh i was never super involved in the scene you know or the 2000s. It wasn't until 2011, 12, 13 that I really got into it. And then just had some friends that enjoyed that music. Me and a buddy did a bunch of vocal covers back on YouTube all the day, um, all the time. Super cringy. Uh, they're still up there somewhere if you find them on our YouTube channel. I did find some today when I looked up Kyle Pastor to see if I could get some like insight. And uh, praise God. Like I, it's not, it's not bad. You don't say that it, you've come it's a long way. You've come a long way, but it's like watching, uh, it's like watching, uh, you know, just looking at old photos from like a yearbook or like, you know, looking at, you know, Facebook will hit you with memories from like 10 years ago. And you're like, Oh my gosh, let me delete post. this. You yeah. know, <laughs> Like you just see that stuff. And like, I mean, 10 years from now, I'm going to look back at myself and be like, dude, what a loser you know like that's just what we do it's just just the aging process um but yeah i mean that's just uh just the process of my college years growing up i got a lot of opportunities to play music through my church and i think that's where i developed a lot as a musician and then it just bled over into this style of music and so with the guys that we have um yeah like i said we have really good chemistry we've been playing for playing shows for what 2016 so that's like four five six like seven years almost now so it's a cool team it's cool to see how far we've come especially from like yeah we were terrible i wouldn't (laughs) say terrible you're better than 90 percent of the bands that are out there now in my opinion i think y'all are awesome (laughs) i'm a mega fan of archetypes collide now i can't wait to uh catch a live show and just to hear the backstory of where you've personally come from some of the things you've been through has it made me even more of a fan now so yeah now you're going to be touring the country. You're going to be touring the world. Just going to speak that one over you yeah. and encouraging people with a message of hope and making the world a better place. The last thing I really want to ask is for the young Kyle that's listening now, that Kyle that was growing up, not really knowing what he wanted to do in life, didn't have the calling to music yet, kind of yeah. questioning things. What would your message be to him from Kyle in 2023? Um, shoot. I mean, honestly, my biggest, I want to say regret, but looking back, 
Um, I spent a lot of years of my life trying to lean into things that I wasn't good at. Um, whether it be, you know, sports, I was, I mean, I'm coordinated, you know, I'm not a very fast runner. Like I can throw ball, you know, like, you know, stuff like that. Like I put a lot of time into sports, you know, in hopes that one day, you know, I would, I would get there, you know, like, and I, I know I had the work ethic, but, um, I, I feel like even that, or like with certain friend groups, you know, I wasted a lot of time on trying to fit in with certain people that, you know, weren't my people. And so I think the biggest thing looking back to like the young Kyle is like, Hey, you know, at the core, you know, what your God given like gifts are like, you know, what you're good at and you got to run with that. And I feel like that's where it clicked for me, you know, probably like 2015, 2016 is like, Hey, I know exactly what I'm good at. You know, I, I know music comes natural to me. It doesn't take a lot of effort for me to like, know what I'm doing or navigate it or communicate it or play it. Um, singing, um, talking to people, communication. Like I know I can lean into that really well. And I think once I started focusing in on what I'm really good at, instead of trying to fix all the things that I'm not good at, I think that's where I really started to grow and, and, and become my own person, you know, like really become my own, um, self, I guess with an identity. So, um, but yeah, I would definitely tell myself back then you got to focus on what are you good at? What comes natural to you? You know, it's not rocket science. You know, you know, the things that you're gifted at your mom and dad will sometimes tell you like, Oh yeah, you should sing or you should do theater. I heard that all the time through high school. And I was like, ah, those, those kids are weird. I don't want to be like them, you know, like, and looking back, I'm like, dude, those are the exact people that I would love to hang out with right now. Like, and I'm like, why did I waste so many years? you know, being judgmental and not trying to be someone that I, I kind of was all along, you know, like I'm a dork. Like I love music. I love theater. I love singing. I love, you know, everything that's involved with that. And I feel like I push back on that a lot growing up. And so even if certain things feel like, man, people are going to rip on me and think I'm a loser. Like, you know, if dance is your thing and you got moves, like you go for it. Who cares? Yeah. You know, like if that's what your, your abilities are, that's the hand you're dealt. Like you got to run with those strengths. If it's drawing, if it's writing, if it's speaking, singing, you know, if it's analytics, if it's computers, like you got to find what you're good at and you got to lean into that and just go full blast. And I guarantee you that'll take you so much further than anything else could. So, um, yeah, that would definitely be my, my advice to myself. Come on. As we'd say in Georgia, don't put all your eggs in the wrong basket. Y'all that yeah, is sure. encouraging kyle thank you so much for being here man this has been awesome yeah. everybody needs to go pre-save the self-titled album from archetypes collide yeah, on your sir. favorite digital streaming platform we'll have the links for all that in the description below as well as for your merch store and everything i know for a fact like i swear on everything i'm gonna go buy something right after this um because i need yeah, to be sir. able to wear it on the <laughs> show like I'm a fan. I love what you're doing. And for everybody listening, if you've heard something super beneficial in this, let us know in the comments. And then also, if you're struggling and you need help um, and you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to the audio experience, go over to YouTube, comment in the uh, comments below, and it'll go straight to the heart support wall. You are loved. There's so much to live for. 
there's always a reason to choose to live. I know that it's hard to see that at times, but you've got a purpose on this planet. I believe that God loves you. I'm not going to shove it down your throat or anything, but you are so loved. You are so worth living. Be sure to check out some of the links in the description for some more resources for you. If you're in that state of mind, we love you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye now. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.